How y'all been doing this week with the soul challenge? Somebody say, yeah. Um, here's, what, here's what I know happened. Once that word was released, um, opportunities begin to uh, present themselves to you. You don't even have to work hard for them. I was coming out of the Walmart, and yes, I shop at Walmart for all you bougie people. Come on here. I shop at the blue store. The Walmart and the Aldi's. Come on here. Yeah. I shop at Aldi's with the Sheiks. They pull up in their Mercedes and get their their fresh and loving bread. Come on here. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so I'm coming out of the Walmart. I paid for my stuff. I got my cart. And this lady hollers and says, hey, um, are, are, are you a pastor? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I thought you was a pastor. And so she starts talking. And so I'm like, okay, the door just opened. So I'm like, you go to church? No, I don't go to church. I, you know, I be working on Sunday. Here we go. You ain't got to work hard to do this. And then I met them all yesterday because we got this new thing in our staff called the All-Star Staff Award. Where you, we present it to someone in staff and then next month they present it to somebody. So it's a traveling award. So I, I went to the mall to pick it up, and, um, and, and I'm about to pay for it. And the lady says, you're a pastor, ain't you? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how you know? She's like, I just know how you carry yourself. And so here we go. The door open again. I said, you go to church? No, I've been bad. <laughs> and that's why I, I know. In, well, go to, go to Matthew. You're in 28. Go to, go to Mark first. Well, 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 no, no, go to Matthew. Go to, stay in Matthew, but go to Matthew 9. No, go to Mark 2. No, because I, I want to I show you this. Because, because here's the deal. Um, I notice whenever you start talking to somebody, they immediately begin to beat themselves up about what they ain't doing, what they didn't do. No, I ain't been there. She's like, I've been bad. Because the enemy wants to keep you condemned and defeated to feel like you can't go back. And that's why Mark chapter number 9, and we're going to just go over some of what we went over on Sunday and get into some new stuff. And and Mark chapter 2, I'm sorry, in verse number um, 1, we read this on Sunday. And, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house talking about Peter's house. He was at Peter's house here. I told you, small group gone wild. Immediately, the many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he preached the word to them, and they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four. Four men brought their friend, who they recognized was living a life that needed to be better. How many of y'all got friends that know living a life that you know need to be better? You got to bring them to Jesus then. Uh, it says, and, and they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed of which, on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he saw the faith of the four friends. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus always immediately deals with your spiritual condition. He didn't say rise up and walk first. He dealt with this place of this guy feeling bad and feeling condemned and that he couldn't be forgiven. He dealt with that first. And so whenever you go and start talking to somebody and the door opens up, you got you to you have words of grace. 
Now, you ain't been to church? Why you ain't been? You should go to church. No, 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 no. She just said, I've been bad, which means she's condemning herself. So if I come in, oh, don't worry about that. That's not that. Don't, don't, you, you, you good. You good. But where were you going? Well, I don't even, I don't even remember. I was just, well, you know, but I've been thinking about coming back to a church. I got a church for you. Better, better than that, do you know Jesus? Have you, have you accepted him into your life? It is just like that. And I tell you, once that door opened, that boldness we prayed for kicks in. And you can do the work. How many of y'all talk to somebody since Sunday? Raise your hand. Since Sunday. How many of y'all close the deal since Sunday? Anybody close the deal since Sunday? There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Now, now here's the deal. We, we need to get more hands going up every week. Okay? Every week. So some of y'all in the middle of the deal. You, you still making the presentation. We're going to close it real soon. Because here's my thing. We don't have time to, to, to uh, butter people up for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine months. We don't even have time to say, well, just let them get to church and they can get saved on Sunday. You may not even make it to Sunday. Come on here. So, 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 son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, now go over to... Um, Matthew chapter 9. Yeah. This thing is good. And if you are, if you heard this message, doors have been opening. Now some of you all, you still may be tripping about it. The door opens like, I don't know, should I say something to her? And here's the thing. That, that uncomfortable feeling tries to come on you. Because I'm in a store. She's working at the store. She's at the register. There's people behind me. So I, I could say, um, is that Jesus? I heard somebody else talking. Who's that? Okay. Um, <laughs> I could have said, well, no, she working. People in line. Let me just go on and get out of here. And I didn't hold up the line, but I'm, she got to bring myself up anyway and work, write their number up and all that. I'm going to talk while she's doing it. Come on here. And God will set those things up every place that you go. He wouldn't have told us that I want you to be fishers of men and not put men in front of us. Come on here. Now here's the deal. It's spirit-led evangelism, which means doors will open and you'll know this is the one. I'm not saying every time you dot a place, you go in and say, you know Jesus? You know Jesus. I'm not saying that. But, but you'll know when some opens. I say, okay, this is a door. It just opened. I'm coming out of the Walmart with my car. And she says, hey, okay, there we go. I can say, yeah, I'm a pastor. How you doing? And keep going. I can stop. Because evangelism always calls you to be inconvenienced. Write that down. Because if you know me, I'm always on a mission. I got somewhere to be, a time to be there. I drive aggressive. When I, when I get to the airport, I walk aggressive. I'm always trying to get something done, knock it out. And, and so, so when you are presented with certain things, you got to be inconvenienced. You got to realize now it's not even about me right now. And where I'm trying to get... Because I, I have this thing. When I leave the house, I'm going to hit Walmart. I'm going to hit Aldi's. Be back home by a certain time. I, I, I got to make my rounds. Got to get it done. It's Monday. I got to knock it all out. And I ain't got time to be out there all day. So I go out there with the senior citizens. They all out there in the morning getting their stuff. I'm in there with them. Come on here. I just can't believe pastors shop at Aldi's. And I can't believe you shop at Jewel and you make $10,000 a year. That's a whole other message though. But I'm just going to... See, we got, we got to challenge this in the body of Christ. People are upside down on things because you're trying to be something to somebody else. 
I don't, I don't do bougie. I don't do status. I am who I am. I live according to portion order. I live beneath my means. I manage my funds. And we do pretty good with the grace of the Lord. What was I talking about? No, I said the scripture though. Matthew chapter 9. Let me stay on course. Y'all got me all over the place already. Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. You know, you got to slow down when you read the scripture. He healed every kind of disease. And every kind of illness. That's deep. And when he saw the crowds, he had, look, 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 compassion on them. Another verse says his heart broke. Because they were confused. Helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. How many of y'all know somebody that's confused, helpless, and shepherdless? Raise your hand. Somebody that's close to you, raise your hand. Somebody you work with, somebody in your family. And it breaks your heart to see them in the condition that they're in. And we sing songs like, Jesus is the answer. We have Jesus. I don't need a little bit more Jesus. He gave me, I have the fullness of him. The fullness of the Godhead, I have it on the inside of me. So I don't need a little bit more Jesus. I need to exercise the Jesus that I have. We're going to stop this unbelief in our singing. I know it sounds good, but it's unbelief. It's not biblical. Yeah, you, you need to maximize and exercise your godliness. Yeah, you don't even need a little bit more faith. You've been given the measure. Woo-hoo-hoo. You've been given the measure. So what do I do? I have to now exercise it. I have to put my faith on the treadmill. Come on here. I have to work it out. To develop it, strengthen it, so I can go from believing God for it from a necktie to a house, from a cold to cancer. Jane said, "But that's another message. That's another message." Like sheep without a shepherd, and he said to his disciples, he looked at them and said, "Y'all see this? Look at look at this crowd. This here is my harvest. Plenty of them." Few of us. He called the harvest his harvest in his field. Why? 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 Because Jesus came to redeem back mankind. And the Bible says unless a seed fall to the ground and dies, it remaineth alone. So when Jesus died, he was put in the earth. He expect now harvest to come from that. We are his harvest. He said, my harvest is in the field, hopeless, confused, dying, shepherdless. I need some laborers to go into my field and put in the sickle and get my harvest. And how do you do it? You don't go out there with a rope to gather up people, but your life makes the appeal. That is the biggest part I need believers to understand is that your life is what makes the appeal for folk to come and say, I want Jesus. And believers lives have been just as confusing as the sheep without shepherd. 
So our testimony has been tainted because of people's living. That's why I'm against a lot of this reality stuff on television because it, it puts, paints a bad picture of believers. And it's, if, if the Bible says the world is already confused and helpless and need a shepherd, we're confusing them more. Because we are the answer and our life should be making an appeal to them. They should see light in their darkness and say, I want to get out of this situation that I'm in. But if I'm on television as a minister of the gospel or a singer or a churchgoer and I'm smoking, drinking, lying, cussing, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying our life is going to be perfect. I'm not saying that. But, but you, don't, you, you don't need to be airing certain things. It's confusing to the world. Me airing my laundry and getting nobody saved. I mean, London, we all just like everybody else. Come on, get, get to Jesus. Time out. I want to see a marriage. See, see the, the, the responsibility of the, of the church um, is to display Christ in the world. And the responsibility of marriage is to display Christ in the world. Who? Because my relationship with London is, should be equivalent to my relationship with him. He says, in Malachi, I'll watch over how y'all treat your brides. And since you're my bride, there should be some similar things going on here, and the world should see that. Come on here. So sheep, confused, lost, hopeless, no shepherd. He says the harvest is great. But it is the laborers that are lacking. Not that we don't have enough believers. Not enough are willing to obey God in this area. This was not um, an option. It was not given as pray about it and see. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar scriptures. No, No deep revelation. It's just the basic Stuff that the church has walked away from. I need you in the field getting my harvest. So stop chasing the pulpit. Stop chasing roles in the local church. He needs you in the field. He needs you in the in the industry of, of, of finance. He needs you in the education industry. He needs you in the entertainment industry. He needs you in the sports industry because he needs you in the field. In the field. And so we're in here arguing and fighting over who's going to lead the worship. If he gets you in the field and gets you busy in the field, come on here. You'll be so busy in the field. We got to say, are you free to leave worship this week? Because I know you've been getting folks saved all week and you've been having rallies at your job. And I saw you in your garage preaching the gospel and you had a barbecue for the bikers and got them saved. Can you leave worship this week? next week because my small group it and tripled to about 55 people now and we just trying to make it happen in the backyard and we getting them saved and I keep telling you all and people look at me like I'm crazy when they come to the local church 9 times out of 10 they should already be saved because we're doing our work in the field and now they're going to say okay I'm already saved now connect me to a local community of believers where I can grow and serve and learn about this Christ I just received and then go back out and do some more work just like you got me. That's our responsibility. But we have not been taught like that. We've been taught, gather them to the church and let's hope they get saved when they get here. So I challenge you. I'm going to challenge you for the next 30 years. 
I probably won't be pastoring here that long, but who's ever a pastor? Oh, yeah, I won't be here that long. I have apostolic work to do. I won't be. That's not my plan to be pastoring 30 years from now, having 35th year church anniversary. 65th church year anniversary. Same 12 members. What are we doing, body of Christ? What is really going on? What are we celebrating? Are we celebrating the institution? Because nobody's been changed over these years. That blessed my heart at the anniversary service. Everybody said great words. But y'all know I'm really moved when I hear this transformed stuff. And so when she got up here and said about she was depressed and she was on medication and she was a wreck and she was this. Oh, but the word of God I received. Not because my pastor, my pastor had said, no, no. The word I received at this church changed my very life. That's powerful stuff. And I can sit here and listen to that all day. I'll sit there all day. One after the other and cry. Tears of joy. Come on here. You know somebody depressed and jacked up. And you hear a testimony like that. And you don't think to go and say, let me go find this girl I know depressed. And let me minister. Let me work on her. And those that have been delivered in those areas, you got a greater responsibility. I don't want anybody to know I was jacked up. What you trying to hide for? We already knew. You do know most of the stuff we try to hide, people already know. They just ain't telling you they know. They're like that bird. You know about that bird? Who know about the bird? I'm not going to tell you. Gonna know. I need a new story. <laughs> okay, go, go, go to Matthew 28. Are you there? I want to challenge you. Now, here's, here's why, I'm, here's why I'm, I'm, I'm laboring in this some more, Jason, is because um, I don't want to just hit you one time with it. And y'all said that was a good message. I want you to get it. And I want some of y'all who got some of it Sunday but didn't get it all or you got it but you still ain't moving on it. I want, I, 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 want to, I want to push you over the edge. That when you leave here, you, your radar is up. Are you listening to me? And, 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 and people... People are waiting on you. The Bible says the whole world, the whole earth is groaning and waiting on the revealing of the sons of God. And you're sitting right there in the next cubicle. That's why when I worked in corporate, I never got involved in in the corporate foolishness. Every time who getting laid off and who this and the boss they don't like and I don't like this lady and I don't like her and she get on my nerve. I never got involved in that. I ain't here for that. Mm-mm. I ain't here for that. What I did get involved with was being the light in the office. So when people needed something, they came by my queue. And I wasn't even no pastor. I said, hey, Rev. Let me, let me throw something at you. So I got this girl. So I got this guy. Because people know. And they expect certain things from you as a believer. They may criticize you. They may beat you up. But when something is needed, they coming to you. Your very enemies that come bringing your doorbell when they need something. So I know we don't talk, but um, I know you be doing that press stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you think you can say a prayer for me? 
He said, I'll pray for you and throw my sister in too because she needs something too. Matthew 28, Matthew 28. I enjoy Wednesday nights. I don't get to preach often on Wednesdays. But I, I like when I get a chance. When they let me preach tonight, I like that. <laughs> Verse number um, 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. There's always going to be some doubters. All the time. All the time. Here is, here is, G, here is Jesus. This is Jesus. And the Bible says, and some doubted. Some doubt it. It says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is notice he didn't give no attention to the doubters. You want to doubt, you go right ahead. You want to talk crazy, you go right ahead. He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Look at this next verse. Go ye therefore and teach every ethnic group, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Go ye and teach. Go ye and teach every ethnic group. How do you go and teach every ethnic group if you don't have a platform, you're not a minister, you don't have a microphone, you don't have an itinerary? How do you do that? I want to hear. How do you do that? How do you do that? Huh? Everywhere you go. So you just, if you, if you, Went to work, you just stop in the lunchroom and just start teaching the gospel. When I'm speaking to myself, somebody has got some us. How do you do that? Yes. Absolutely. Anybody else? How do you go and teach every nation? Yes, ma'am. Say it again. Through your relationships. Yes. You have some too. There you go. That's what I was looking for. All y'all. That's all. That's true. But 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 before people hear you, they see you. And if we have a generation that's helpless and confused and 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 shepherdless, but you're not hopeless, you're not confused, they're gonna see that first. We're in a generation now where eight out of every ten marriages are in trouble. Not just outside, inside. Church is worse than out there. It's 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 worse. And the enemy is, is, is breathing fire on marriages like every day. And so we, we have married life here. You have more outsiders than insiders. And I'm looking at all these folk who jacked the marriage, but they don't come to married life. The sergeants have a powerful class they're teaching. Before they were teaching it, the clerks are teaching it. You have eight couples, nine couples, six couples, seven couples. But you got a hundred in marital trouble. Don't add up, do it. And I do math very well. I flunk biology, but not math. So with your life, so if I'm a married couple, my marriage should exemplify this word that I'm being taught. My marriage should prove before I say a word that I'm a believer and I live according to different standards. That's what it should say. So when I'm around other couples that are hopeless and confused and shepherdless and all of that, they're going to see me and say, what's going on with the royals? It's something, something different. Um, I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to ask them one day what's going on with them. And they will at some point. And you can say, first thing you say, sisters, no, we, we're not perfect. 
But we just live on these standards. We do this, we do that. And we go get trained up at this church and we get to class and just doing the best we can with the grace of the Lord. So tell me something, man, because I'm about to bust Charlie in the head. Okay, here's what you do. Come on here. Your life, your life at work, your life on the train, your life, your, 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 your life at the cleaners, your, your, your life at the jewel, your life when you go out to eat, it, it speaks volumes. It makes the appeal. When I went in that place, I didn't go in there with a collar on to buy that. I went to the things remembered. I just had on jeans and a shirt. I didn't go in there speaking in tongues. I went humming amazing grace. I just went in there to buy the stuff. But people can see because there's a light not on you, it's in you. And you ain't got to say nothing. No, say, what's, what's, what's up with you, brother? And this is what they say. You go to church, don't you? Why? Because they know church folks supposed to be different. They're going to talk about you, but they know. They know what you should be doing and you don't. Because you, 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 you go somewhere and try doing something that's a little bit on the edge and see somebody out there and be like, what are they going to say? I thought you go to church. Because they know what you ain't supposed to be doing. And now you got to try to explain, well, no, ain't nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong with drinking sometimes. See, see at our church, see, now you done messed up. This girl, an alcoholic, trying to get off the, off the bottle, and you are telling her, it's okay to drink sometime as a believer. See, I don't deal with them kind of church people. I, don't, I, I cut you off. I don't deal with you at all. Because you're ignorant. Of this. And you're in the church teaching it, and you still don't want to follow it. So I ain't got time to fool with you. I ain't going to debate with you. I ain't going to argue with you. I ain't going to do that. This here is the truth, people of God. This here is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. The world even knows it. When you go to court, you put your hand on a Bible because they know it's the truth. Yeah. And man, I follow it. You might not even believe it, but they know. You don't put your hand on Reader's Digest. No Quran. Come on here. No Watchtower. It's a Bible. Go to John. I'm just going to take my time here. I have, I have to be in Sunday morning mode on Sunday morning. I can be in Wednesday night mode on Wednesday night. Whatever that means, right? <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you the turn. Write down John 1. I'm not going to read it. John 17, 11, and 19 about us not being taken out of the world. Write that down. Now go to 1 Peter again. Let's just walk through all of this. It says saturation. saturation. Come on, it says saturation. saturation. Everybody ain't saying it. It says saturation, saturation. Brings, revelation. brings revelation. I don't care what you've heard. I want to know what you're doing. We heard that already. They saying the same thing. He preached the same thing. I hear that for married couples. I don't, I don't come because y'all said the same thing in married life. And your marriage still jacked up. Why should we say something different? We're going to say something different. Why would I go and go over some new food and you ate the food I gave you? Oh, Lord. I need you to help me. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He's called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Matthew chapter 5. Just go quick. 
You saw the light, verse 13. Um, verse 14, you lighted the world. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Why y'all laughing? I gave you 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and I gave you Matthew 5 and 13. Yeah. I go to 2 Corinthians. This is where I want to go tonight. I just want us to get it, man. I want us to get it. I want us to, to start winning souls. I want us to be about the Lord's business. I want us to follow his mandate. That's what I want us to do. Even our young people. You know how much influence you have? You know how much influence you have? You can go to school tomorrow and start a riot for Jesus. And Ignite could be packed on Friday because of you. But we're salt and light. He's called us out of darkness and we're trying to hide. We're trying to chill. We're trying to not be exposed. We want nobody to know. We want to be cool. We want to, we want to you know, look like everybody else. And that, that's just, that stuff is played, man. When we went to St. Charles Correctional Facility for young people. And I don't know you can get locked up that young. That kid's in that six and seven. Six and seven. And this is what they said. If I knew, I wish I could. It's too late now. Six, seven years old? Seven years old? And you're already locked up waiting to turn 17, 18 so they can ship you over to the adult location? These are babies. And they said, you know, if, if I just wish I, if I hadn't known. If, I, I, I know now. When I get out of here, I'm a. We got to do better. We got to do better. We got to aggressively train our children up in this. We took our children out of private Christian school, put them in public school. And um, I realized when we did it, after being in there a couple of months, they didn't want to go to the public school. Here's why. Here's why. Because I got to be a Christian there. I said, oh man, we got a problem. See, if, if I was at the, see, Dad, if I was at the Christian school, everybody's a Christian, I can just, you know, mingle in. But now that I'm over here, you know, they're going to be looking at me and I'm like, no, son. You start in light. I know, I know but. I ain't no buts. Because he comes home, right, and they're going to do, see, my life is open display. Our, we serve this church. It, it, it's, 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 it's to learn. He comes home in yeah, um, fashion show, talent show, they want to sing some song. They say we're going to sing this song. I said, well, you know, we don't even listen to that or sing that. I know, but I, was, I gave them the Christian song, and they was like, that's whack. Well, you got to sing that whack song, or you're not going to be in the show. Because we don't conform to the world because it's comfortable. And I'm having this talk with my son. And he's sincere. He loves the Lord, but... You got me in this spot now, Dad. You got me in this school, and ain't no Christians in there. And the guy that says he's a Christian, he go to the church we know, but he be cussing. Yeah. 
So it's just me. And I'm like, all right, and your point is what? And I know it's tough. I've been there. But we got to aggressively train our children in this. Or you'll be going to St. Charles to pick them up. At a young age. And so I'm thinking, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's fashion this. Let's pour more of this into him. Because you're in there. And even if I put you in the, back in the Christian school, it's Christian by name. It's by name. They ain't walking the hall speaking in tongues, Jack. And so that's my son at 11. But some of us are 35, 42, 29 and have the same issue. I can tell by your social media, you're just trying to fit in. And you got to, I am unapologetically, is that a word? Christian. I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I didn't say I was perfect. I said I'm a Christ follower. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am here when I'm teaching you. That's who I am when I go to the Walmart. That's who I am when I go to the Bulls game. That's who I am. And why are believers the only ones that's trying to hide that? Trying to hide it. The world has need of us. He said, don't take them out of the world. Just protect them from evil because I need them in there. If it wasn't for the local church, if it wasn't for the church of Jesus Christ, things would be worse than they are. Don't you ever forget that. It is because there's a remnant in the earth realm called the church, the body of Christ. If things are not haywire right now, you think they're bad. But there's intercessors in the earth realm. There's prayer warriors in the earth realm. The church is holding back some things. And I don't think we understand that. We've, we've, we've made the church little and allowed ourselves to be attacked on every hand and don't say a word. You ain't coming at me like that. Because when you come at the body, you're coming at the head. We are the body of Jesus Christ. And I believe this Bible on your lap, all every word of it. But Reverend, you know some new doctors, I, I believe the Bible. Same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. I don't care who leaves, who comes back, who changed their doctrine, who got some new date, heard in the spirit. I believe the Bible. And that's what's hurting our evangelism because some of us, we're really not sure. And we're tossed by every wave of doctrine. My ear gates are protected. My eye gates are protected because my heart has to be protected. Because if I let some in my ear and eye gates, it's going to come out of my heart. So it's going to come my decision making and my choosing. It's going it's, it's to bring me down to levels I never planned on being brought down to. Are you listening to me? But 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, he's given us through 21, the ministry of reconciliation. It is our job to bring folk back. And some folk you want to slap, but you got to bring them back. See, I'm, I'm at this place now, um, Pastor Chin. I have this righteous indignation of people who attack the body of Christ. 
And, 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 and I got Bible on it. If you said my name, I'm, bring, I'm coming back with yours. The Bible said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. You done took it out of context. It don't mean sit down and be ran over. Now, sometimes God will help you shut up. But sometimes you got to speak the truth in love. And we've got this. We love everybody. We got it out of context. That ain't what that. So, so if I just start slapping you right now, you're going to say, well, I just, the Lord said just to love. You ain't going to even defend you. You ain't going to put your hand up or nothing. You just may slap me back, pass it all, just reflex. Some stuff just flesh reflex. I'll repent later, but I just may slap you back. Go, 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 go to go to go to Second Timothy chapter four. Let me show you something here. I ain't playing with y'all. There's some folk that have left this church and want to put a tack on this church. You got one, and I, hope, I know you're watching because you watch every week and try to pull my sermons apart. You have one more time, I'm going to blast you on Facebook. Second Timothy chapter 4. I ain't playing with y'all. And here's the reason why. It's to protect those that remain. I know how to guard my eye gates and ear gates. Some people don't know that. And you perusing and say, oh, what? That, that's my church. I go there. That's why I tell you now, if you are a friend with my enemies, you're not a friend of mine. I can't trust you. Do you know what they said? Why they bring it to you? This is hurting our evangelism. All this crap. We got to get through this. Look, look, look. Second Timothy chapter four. Is it four I told you or two? Oh! Y'all, y'all think churches, we, we all punks up in here. Just going to roll over. Let the, we love everybody. The Bible says speak the truth in love. Jesus was not a punk. He said, you vipers, get out of here. Come on here. We've prayed that the church is weak. You ain't going to say nothing, just love them. The Bible said you got to love them. Yeah, I love you. And I do, I love you. But you're not going to roll over me. And you're not going to bring harm to the people God has trusted with me in this church. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. And I know you're watching because you watch every week and pick my stuff apart. Verse number nine. Church been silent too long. It says, do that diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescent to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychias have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left is Paul. He said, get my coat, my cloak and stuff, and bring it when you come. He said, bring my books. Bring my, he said, Paul would take notes. He said, bring my notes I've been taking. Bring those with you as well. He said, especially my, my parchments. He has some, every, every believer has, has precious notes they've taken that they go back to every once in a while. Paul had some of those. He said, bring those with you. He said, but Alexander the coppersmith. 
did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Look, 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 look. He said, at first, answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. So Paul was not talking about kill nobody because they did him wrong. Because he wouldn't have said in the next verse, I pray that they don't, you know, put this on the charge. What he's saying is, God's going to deal with them because you're putting your mouth on God's anointed. You're putting your mouth on the body that's connected to the head. Are you listening to me? Look at this in the New Living Translation. Yeah, I had, did I bring my New Living out? Yeah, it's right next to you. Yeah. Verse number nine. Look at 14. Just drop down to 14. It says, Alexander the coppersmith. He called the man's name out. So I'm calling your name. This is your warning. I'm calling your name next time. (laughs) Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. But the the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him. And his family. For he fought against everything we said. And what did we say? The word. What was Paul preaching? The word. So you ain't fighting me. You're coming up against the word. Up against the word. It's deception. That's why I love you. Because you're highly deceived. Because you can't negate what God has done in your life. But when deception comes, you can't see it. But my problem is. When the saints don't understand the restoration process and you liken what you should be speaking the truth to in love. Go to James chapter 5. See, the reason y'all saying, who? Who? Because y'all see it all too. And enough is enough. I said, enough is enough. And we love, we love you. God knows we do. But I ain't the one. And don't come for me lest I sin for you. This is, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love people. We love God. We worship sincerely. We teach the word. And we don't bother nobody. So if you found some new doctrine, go drink some coffee and do it. But leave me alone. James chapter 5. Verse number 19. Look at this in the Message Bible. Pastor going, I ain't going off at all. I'm telling you the truth and the church ain't used to it. He says, I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. They ain't going to eat with you. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth. This is evangelism we're still talking. Don't write them off. Go after them. Get them back. Come on, come on. I'm going to teach you how to do this with evangelism. And you will have rescued precious lives. Here we go. Precious. These are precious lives. But the truth is what will make you free. We can't keep playing with the truth. Precious 
lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. What is this epidemic? If you let stuff ride too long, now ears are being affected, eyes are being affected, and now all of a sudden you ain't here, and you ain't here, and you ain't doing what God told you to do because it's an epidemic now. Because you've given ear and eye to something you never should have gave it to. In, in the name of love. Sometimes love, sometimes love cuts you off. We only got one side of love. Love speaks the truth. When, 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 my, when my son, um, 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 they don't get many spankings, but when I have to, I do. And I don't want to do it. But, but, but I do it because I love them. I want them to learn a lesson and not make that mistake anymore. You know, when you used to get whoopers, you was little, mom would say that. I do it because I love them. I'm like, you love me? Well, stop hitting me then. It, it, you, but, but, but there's a revelation there. You, you, ever, you know, I saw, I saw a lady um, um, walking and, and her son got away from her. He was coming from a restaurant in Oak Park and ran out in the street. I mean, and almost got hit like almost like this. And I saw this anger rise up in her and she snatched him and she shook him and she yanked. Don't you ever run away. And that was not because she hated him. It's because she loved him. Yeah. Yeah. We've only seen or have one revelation of love. Sometimes love says, I love you, man, but I can't deal with you right now. He put you on the shelf for a while because you own something else. You don't know what that's happening. How is that? I ain't like it, I ain't doing that. I'm doing it. Enough is enough. Yes. Go back to verse 19. Go back to verse 19. If you know people who have wandered off, and we all do, don't write them off. Go after them. Here's the first way you go after them in evangelism is through prayer. Because when you're deceived, you're not hearing them right now anyway. Everything turns to argument or debate, so you don't need to do that. Don't do that. You don't need to defend the gospel or defend the church. Don't do that. You can do more on your knees praying for people. You're on Facebook arguing about your local church. You know you believe the word here. You don't argue with nobody about that. That happens, delete them. That's the end of that. I love you, but there you go. Clip. I'm going to pray for you because I want to get you back because you've wandered off. You've wandered off. And we cannot be a part of people's demise. When people are putting up stuff that is totally against God and you're liking and put, it's, that's, that's cool. And you, you are a part of their demise. What is your, are you crazy? What is your, you can't do that. You have a greater responsibility than that. But you know where that comes from? I don't want to be them looking at me like I'm crazy. I want them to know I still love them. How about, dude, what you doing? How you end up there? Jason, God forbid, don't go to this church no more. And I see him somewhere doing something I know is like straight, not his character, ungodly. I'm going to be like, what's up, man? Dude, what you doing? How you end up there? You were delivered from drinking and smoking. So what are you doing? Not all the saints and the elders and the pastors looking like. I'm going to tell the truth. Y'all don't want to hear the truth. It's hurting our evangelism. Some of y'all quiet because you're guilty. That's why I'm watching you. Jesus knew who was sitting at the table with him. 
what you think for one minute. Because I don't get up here and verbalize everything that I don't know what's going on. So you know snakes because you can hear them. You hear them on the praise team. You hear them them in the audience while you're preaching. (laughs) Come on. um, Second Thessalonians. Oh, I'm out of time. Oh, I'll pick it up Sunday. I'm out of time. And I got to take questions. Can we, can we pick it up next? We'll pick it up Sunday. We'll carry over into Sunday. Is that all right? I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? He says, the leader, you got to address it. Some things you have to address. There are precious people in our church. Precious people. And the dangerous part about social media is it connects you to the world now. Yeah. See, back in the day, you know, things happened you never would know. Yeah. Somebody leave a church, you don't know if they were dead or alive, you don't know nothing about, but not everything is on this platform now. Yeah. And so you, it, it comes in your ear gates and eye gates all day. And you cannot feed yourself that. You got to cut that off. It's like anything else. You can't listen to booty music and not end up wanting booty. Where this come from? That's what you've been listening to. It's been in your eye and ear gates. And the devil is a master. Even when you go to sleep, he'll play that thing over. You'll say, oh my God. Only for so long you can listen without wanting to act. You got to act with somebody. Any questions tonight? (laughs) Before we close out this segment. Listen, I love the tool of social media. It is a powerful tool. It is great and dangerous at the same time. You got to know how to use it. Most folk at this church came through the means of social media. And we transitioned from our storefront to here. We didn't have a whole lot of promotion. And I would ask people, how did you know about the church? Social media, social media. I saw your pictures. Social media, I saw your pictures. That's a great tool. But the same tool can break up marriages. If you allow it to. So it's not, I said this morning, it's not for the insecure. Because most stuff is posted out of insecurity. Your marriage ain't what you posting it to be. He ain't even been home in four days. Get off of this Facebook line. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. Come on, because we want to make sure we're here. Can you, um, y'all let out. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. We, I, and the questions don't have to be around the, what I taught. I don't think we made that clear, but I want to make sure we get questions in every week. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so speaking about conforming, mm-hmm. um, you talked about corporate America a lot. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Like I have a, a work trip coming up, and I'm dreading it because they always, like even on my final interview, they offered me wine, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And so they like keep insisting, like, mm-hmm. have a drink. And then it's another factor is the 
director is gay. And so I feel like my, my final interview, his partner was there because I think they wanted to see how I would respond. So what, what about when your salvation makes other people uncomfortable? You know, like when you like, well, I don't drink. But they still, well, why, do, why don't you drink? Or, well, and you I don't mean, want to get into those conversations in a work environment. I, I don't, I don't, I never allowed it to go to that place. If they would have events for the job, I would go. Some I had to go, some I didn't have to. But I did have people at work that I would talk with and say, we're going downstairs to celebrate this. I'm going to go down there with y'all. But you know what I do. You know my standard. Um, that's, that's salt. That's salt and light. And, 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 and don't allow them to put you in a place of having to explain you know, certain things, but at the same time, you can also use it as a means to minister. And don't just ever say, well, I just don't drink. No, I don't drink because. But I started doing that because it always just became, like in my last job, I said, I don't drink because of this reason, but it always became a topic of discussion. Mm. You know, and so you like got, now you, you I got, feel. You got to learn how to flip it back on them. Yeah. I, I know how to answer questions with questions. Yeah. I can. Flip it back on them. Turn it around. And don't, don't let it always be about me, the Christian, in the room because I don't drink. I told you I don't drink. I told you why. We're going to discuss it every time I come down here. Yeah, it's almost insulting. Like today, we had, I had a long day at work, and my boss was like, you need to go home and have a glass of wine. Mm. I already told you I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now I know this trip. Tell them, tell them you know, I, I, I don't even have wine at home. I don't drink. But I'm going to Bible class tonight. You're welcome <laughs> to come with me. We're going to study the Bible, and we have questions and answers and things like that. You're welcome to come. Yeah, I mean, because even if saying? it makes other people uncomfortable, it's just kind of one of those things. Well, you you can't, as believers, if you're in light, if you are being light, you can't help make people uncomfortable. It's going to happen. When, sometimes when you, you ever been to like a barbecue with your family and you weren't there trying to be evangelist, nobody, but they, everybody was acting like they was on the eggshells and looking at you like, what? Because Linda here, y'all put that up. It, it's, you, you can't avoid that. But you know, family is different. Work is just, you know. You work is work. I worked in corporate 15 years. I worked with some of the meanest, cruelest, demonic people in the world. Um, but they knew where I stood, and that was the end of that. And I traveled, and I went to the Christmas parties. I did all of that. But I never drank. I never did any of that. Um, and they knew that, and they respected that. Okay? I guess they just don't. They just trying to get some you to drink. Don't I mean, know. they really are. Well, and they already made it known. The woman have plenty of alcohol. Take some holy water to tomorrow, like- too. <laughs> Anybody want to add to that? Anybody want to add to that? You have a question? No, no, no. I, only ministers can add. I, don't want, I just want um, questions because I don't want to get a whole long dialogue. Um, you, come on, come on. Is there a mic on this side too? Okay. Um, so I've been faced with that before too. And I took the road you took at first. And I think at some point you just have to say, in a nice but stern way. Hey, look, that's your prerogative. I've said it before. I don't drink. And I don't drink because I'm a Christian. And I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't bring that to me again. Is it uncomfortable? Yes, it was uncomfortable for me. But at that point, nobody asked me anymore. And if it came up, I didn't have to answer. They came to say, no, bring it on drink. It's an uncomfortable thing, but you have to say it. You have to say it stern and be really nice and corporate with it. I would appreciate it if you wouldn't bring that to me anymore. And I know it seems kind of, sometimes we say it awkward for Christians in corporate America, but if corporate America brought to you what's against you, you have every right at that point to say 
why you don't because they asked you. And then at that point, say, and I would appreciate it if you wouldn't bring it up to me again. Thank you so much. And let it go because otherwise now they are harassing you. And that's inappropriate in the workplace. Anybody else? No, I, I know if, if I, I, we had the clergy and they've been informed they can add or respond with these questions. But if I get into everybody responding, it'll be all night. But we, I'll take questions from the audience. Any other questions? Any other questions? Now, here's the thing with that. I don't know if this applies to you, but if you have drank with them before, it may be a different approach to that. If, if they're used to you drinking with them, now you say, now I don't drink no more, you got to, because they're like, whatever, you drank with us two months ago. You know, you know that's, that's just how they are. Um, yeah. Any, anything else? Yes, ma'am. He has a mic right there. <laughs> the first question that someone would bring up to us then is, well, Jesus drank wine. Mm. So what do you do- say to something like that? Jesus didn't drink no cognac. Uh, <laughs> G- G- see, you, first, first of all, see, I'm different. Certain debates I don't get into with people. Because it's, it's too much. I got to go through Bible history and the, the water was unclean back then. I got to go through all that. They don't care anyway. They're trying to get you a drink. Um, but I would suggest that you would study that out about why they drank. It was a hospitality form back then. Um, Jesus wasn't drinking no cognac and no Patron and stuff like that. He just wasn't doing that. Um, but I know people use that. Here's what you do. Get my series on should Christians drink. I taught it for about two months. Get that and listen to that. Answer your question. All right. Yeah. Any any anything else? Yes, ma'am. He, that one don't work. Oh, the camera. They want to get you on camera because people are at home watching. And if you want to send a question from home, send it in real quick. We got three minutes. Come on, sister. USA. USA. The mm-hmm. question I have is I've been working on two people to try to get them back in the church mm-hmm. because they accepted Jesus, but they strayed away mm-hmm. and their children are like all for it. They want to come. They cry every time they can't come, but the parents are like stubborn hearted and don't want to come. Mm-hmm. I've already prayed for them. How do I reapproach them? Um, I, I think with that kind of case, if they've been in church and that's what I'm saying, they've probably been hurt. They've experienced some things that have just really hit their heart. They've been offended in some way. Um, you got to just hit that through prayer. This is just me. You got to hit it through prayer. I wouldn't, people in that case, I wouldn't keep approaching them. Um, you've, you've approached, you've made an appeal. They know you love them. They know you're there when they're ready. But just, just really go hard for them in prayer because Holy Spirit has to really minister to their hearts because if people have been hurt, um, church hurt is real. Okay. Um, and, and it's taken many out. Now, we got to teach on how to recover and be restored through that process because we're just going to keep losing our soldiers because they're hurt. Right. Um, but I wouldn't keep pressing people that have been hurt or, or love the Lord, they are saved, but they're real adamant about not going back to church. you got to hit that in prayer. You really do. And then God will break their hearts down, and then it will just open up. Um, I've seen it happen like that because I've also seen trying to be adamant about that and mm-hmm. pushing them and it gets into debate, and then what they're upset about starts to spill out, and you can't even deal with it. He's like, well, you are right. He shouldn't slap you in the deacon meeting. <laughs> and so you're like, what do I do? So just pray. Pray that through. Uh-huh. That's what I would do. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? One more? Yeah. Come on, step here. 
They want to get you on the camera. Pastor, I live in, in Berwyn. My next door neighbor is, is Catholic, and my, my neighbor on this side, they're Hispanic, they're mm-hmm. Catholic. Do I need to go over to Sinner's Prayer with them? Because a lot of them don't even say it. They just join the Catholic Church. Anybody you get saved, you go you tell, take them through the prayer. So, I mean, I kind of consider them saved, but they don't, they never said it. They never said it with their mouth and believing in their heart. They never said they, it. They're Catholic and they're what? They're Catholic. Okay. And a lot of Catholics. And you do have some Catholic believers. Right, but I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if, if there's something I need to do. You have to ask them. Okay. Ask them, have you ever said the prayer? Because okay. if, if they're like Catholic Catholic, they probably haven't. But if they're born again Catholics, I just, I just don't believe in putting the lid on God. I believe you have, because you know, some people say, if you're Catholic, you're going to hell. I believe there's some born again Catholics. You know, most of Benny Hinn followers at the beginning was Catholics. Born again Catholics. Speaking tongue, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And you can't be like, well, no, you, I think we got to get back to really understanding this totally in our evangelism approach. Because a lot of things we've been taught is wrong. And sometimes we offend people with our approach because we don't know this. And we're going off what somebody told us. And so I would just ask them if they, if they said that prayer and lead them in that prayer. But, you know, that's, that's the basis of getting saved for me, saying that prayer. I hate to see an altar call. He said, y'all come on down and get saved when they all come. So let's give, let's give them a hand. They all born again. And nobody said a prayer. You, you Coming to the altar don't get you saved. Um, you got to say that prayer. And it don't have to be long and drawn out. And you ain't got to be quickening in the jewel. Just said the prayer with them. All right? One more question, and we're going to close it for tonight. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'll take you two. Stand up, and you stand up. Come on, real quick. We got 35. Oh, we negative. Come on, real quick, real quick, real quick. See, that clock gets me. Just just turn it off and, and have it say stop. Go ahead. So, um, as far as evangelism, um, like in the home, so my son doesn't come to church on, the, on Sundays anymore, and it's because um, his dad and I co-parent. My prayer was for him to spend more time with his dad, but I wasn't specific when I prayed. Mm. Um, and in that, my son is lacking the relationship. He hates church now. It's mm. almost he's bored with it. He sleeps during class over there. And I'm just trying to figure out how do I evangelize at home. I don't know where to start with an eight-year-old. Mm. That's a good question. Pastor Terrence, Pastor Keisha, Pastor Monique. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Get a mic up here for these leaders. Come on. It's boring. Why does he hate church? It's boring. It's boring. Um, uh, because when when he's at home, it's school, church, and on the weekends is when he gets to have fun, which is at his dad's. So there's no fun in it for him. Before, when he was coming to church on Sundays, he was in children's church, and so he was being fed the word, and it was fun for him. So he started to like it. But as he got older and dad got more involved, and so now he's missing the children's church part, and it's just always, I hate going to church. Like tonight, he was just over it. He just, I mean, he was so okay, angry Okay, we, we're going to help you right in. now. I got Pastor Monique. I got Mr. Charles. Come, come up so we can see you. They can't catch you back there. They got to see you. So I guess what I wanted to say was, um, one of the things for you is to go back to what your standard is for your house and for your children. 
and you're going to have to have a conversation with dad because even on his weekend time, um, church has to be carved out because that's what's set for AJ. That's what was mm-hmm. there before dad decided to start spending time. So if that means dad needs to pick him up from here, he still needs to come to worship before he goes or go back to his weekend or however that goes. And if you feel like that'll be an issue or some type of a challenge, then the same God you pray that. to to get daddy time is the same God who will give you strategy and wisdom mm. and work on The Bible says that the king's heart is in that. the Lord's hand. Yeah. And so he can turn that. You don't see it being possible, and you see the conflict, but you got to just extend your faith and believe Absolutely. that God will help you shift it. Thank you. It's good. One more, Charles. Charles over here. Can you get him? All right. I ain't going to be as deep as fast as Monique. Come on, man. Go head on with that. Mm. Uh, I was just going to say, once again, I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really important for us as believers to start thinking about strategically planting our children around children who have parents of similar faith um, and giving them an environment where they can feel comfortable with talking about faith. Or like my son, he's eight. He talks about faith all the time. We go over Bible study every, uh, pretty much every night, and he listens to the Bible. He knows a lot of it, and he'll ask questions, and he has friends that, they, that go to Christian school. He goes to public school. So when they do get around each other, or I'll have discussion with them, you know, here and there. So just getting our children around other kids who think and believe like them to even start drawing that type of thinking that says, you know, what does God feel? What does God think about this? It's cool in this environment to believe God, to get some kind of normalcy of what, what believing God could be like for me in my age and in my age group. So most definitely what uh, Pastor Monique talked about on, on a whole nother level for, for the adults, but also just with the kids getting them around each other, I think really, really helps. That's why children church is such a big impact for them. Right. So I was just thinking about that. And so he does go on Wednesdays, right, when he comes? He comes on okay. Wednesdays. Last one is that he's asleep. Okay, well, when he, when he comes, they'll, they'll do a good work with him down there as well. Because they're not down there counting sheep. They're, they're doing fun stuff and things like that. So they'll, they'll work. They'll, the local church has responsibility in that as well. And so we're doing the best we can with the mm-hmm. space we have here in the children's church. That's for everybody, I'm just saying. When they go down there, they're doing things cause at a kid's level. But I think key is prayer. It's, it's prayer. You, you can, I think we sometimes as believers take away the power of prayer. You can, you can hit that thing in prayer. And like she said, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Man, come on. He'll be here with his son at church. So hit it in prayer. Yeah. Is there a mic- microphone? We're going to have to get like 500 lapels. Just <laughs> And, and added on to the prayer is just making your home a sanctuary. Mm. So being extremely strategic about mm-hmm. the music you play in your home and then making sure even with the TV is on, there's certain times where you just put on um, finding certain word-based, getting pastors, getting the CDs, and just constantly play, playing playing it in the atmosphere because what we're attacking is to understand there's no separation. So church is not something he's just is going to. We are church. Church happens. So there's an extension and a connection. So everything we happen on Sunday, even on Wednesday, how are we talking about it? How are we constantly communicating about it? How are we embedding it in, in our prayer so that he just continues to see that this is just the way that it's going to be. Thank you. 
All right. Um, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Come on, throw your question. It was answered? Great. Let's prepare our Wednesday night tithes and offerings.